Hello, and welcome to Somos Mas, your source for, in this case, open cup matches. Uh, as you noticed, I'm not not the normal host here. Uh, Seth was actually at the open up in Rio Rancho and uh, is obviously on his way home or probably actually at this point, maybe talking to Zach or, or somebody, if he could get a hold of somebody there um, for a post-match interview. So me and Earl are holding it on the fort for right now. We'll talk about the Open Cup. We'll look ahead to Monterey a little bit. Um, I might see if Earl has any thoughts on Saturday, if he can remember that far back. And uh, we'll go from there. Maybe Seth gets home in time to join us. Maybe he's in the chat. Maybe he calls in. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But um, yeah. So as you can see, Earl here with me. Earl is here with me. Earl, how you doing? I'm great. Man, a few words. I like it. Good. Good. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I see a new background, new room there. Uh, you got a, got a new place, I'm assuming. Yeah, so I'm not homeless. That's a good thing. Good, good. Um, so as many of everyone knows, um, I did move out of my old house in Moriarty yep. and moved up to the middle of nowhere. I mean, you were kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was just on a freeway, so you were lucky. Well, I mean, I'm still right off the freeway. But yeah, so I'm still in the middle of nowhere. Um, just doing a better job, a different job, living a better life. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Um, yeah, so we just came off a 6-0 uh, thumping of UDA at NMSU at Rio Rancho High School. Um what you know i'm gonna back up just a hair because i mean it's a tuesday night show it's not a it's not technically an instant reaction show it's our normal tuesday night show so i want to hit you with a burning question the best match of wrestlemania was the usos night one wrong answer wrong answer it was obviously obviously pat mcafee and the miz I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I haven't. I haven't Speaking watched. I haven't watched a single bit of it. I just saw results, and I knew so that. I'm was glad you brought that up. I'm actually glad you brought that up uh, <laughs> because, as many of everyone here knows, I am also a huge wrestling fan. Um, I think I like wrestling more than I like soccer, so that's oh, yeah. kind of where we're at. Um, so I was excited to see Pat McAfee come back night one. I was more excited. To see Shane McMahon come back night two. Until he completely embarrassed himself. And blew out his quad. <laughs> That's funny. Five seconds into the match. Sorry. I've never really liked Shane McMahon. So that made me laugh. No, I, was, I was pretty excited. Like I actually got excited there. Um, but yeah, to answer your question. I think the Usos and Sami Zayn with Kevin Owens. Was the match of the... Match of the event of both nights, night one and night two. Um, I'm a huge Sami Zayn fan. I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. But I'm also a huge Bloodline fan. So it was like just a win-win for me all around. And just the storytelling that they put into it was incredible. So what was the worst match of the weekend? The worst match of the weekend would have been 
Edge versus Demon Beller. I didn't even know Edge was competing. Yeah, Edge is back and he he competes every now and then. Um, but he faced Dim or Finn Balor, and it was just subpar, especially in the Hell in the Cell where you expect big spots on WrestleMania. You didn't really get it. The only big spot you got was Finn Balor busting his head open and finishing the match with a concussion. That feels pretty on the nose for wrestling is finishing matches with concussions or they don't yeah. care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I did a huge it. gash from like the top of his head almost to the middle of his head. Interesting. I did also see that the WWE sold uh, mm-hmm. and combined with UFC to form a, a major thing with Endeavor. And uh, that's, that's kind of big news. Uh, we'll see what that means. Uh, in the mean or in the short term, we'll see what it means as far as who's actually running what, how much, if any, Vince McMahon is actually still involved, which I have to believe that he's going to be involved a little bit still. But from what I've heard is he was involved a lot uh, yesterday night mm-hmm. and the superstars were not happy. I believe that. So I, I imagine, uh, well, because I know Seth actually watched it, so I'm sure he's um Listening to this in the future, screaming that we actually brought up wrestling without him. Uh, seeing as I'm the one that's organizing things here, and I actually brought it up, he's going to be like, "What is going on?" But uh, so we'll, we'll we'll pivot from that. We'll... Yeah. Anyways, we're here to talk about soccer, and if you're not a soccer fan, thanks for watching. Yeah, yeah. So Earl, thank you for being here. Uh, you just admitted that you weren't a soccer fan, so I hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Actually, I said I'm more of a wrestling fan than a soccer fan. Okay, true, if true. If you ask my girlfriend, I was at her house just a while ago watching YouTube because there was a New Mexico United match on. Okay, all right. There also wasn't wrestling on tonight, so... Actually, there is wrestling on tonight. What's on Tuesdays? A or uh, NXT. Oh, okay, that, that barely counts. Anyways, so yes, uh, we watched New Mexico United... He was half watching. <laughs> he just got called out, Earl. Uh, he just got called out big time. He was half watching. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, New Mexico puts a thumping on 6 nothing, uh, which betters last year's win against Las Vegas Legends by one. It was a fun match to watch, aside from the fact that it was on a soccer or a football field, uh, which was very disorienting and very confusing at times. But nonetheless, we get a hat trick from Josh Doling. We get Brucey with another bank. Brucey and Bangers just, I mean, they go hand in hand. Um, Sosa gets on the board, and Portillo scores from the spot on a penalty that was drawn by Kyle Colonna. I believe Doling's penalty was drawn by Brucey, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'd have to go back and look. I had it all straight earlier, but. Um, so what were your initial thoughts? What, what'd you like? What'd you not like? Uh, was it just the fact that it was a lower league opponent or did you see things that we were doing a little bit differently than we've done in the USL games? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? So I don't know. It was weird. It was, it was a very, very weird match to watch. Um, one, because it was a lower league amateur soccer team from New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially what you and I are. 
I mean, Fuck they're fans. better than us. They're better than us. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, either way. So watching that, I mean, I expected them to put on a good show. So with them being up 2-0 in the first half, I kind of expected that. Would have expected to see maybe 4-0 in the first half, but it's it's fine. Um, and then I drove home during halftime, which is like five, eight minutes away, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I got back on, United had scored two more somehow yeah, they, during halftime. They scored, I don't, quick. they scored quick right out of half. Yeah, so somehow during halftime, they scored two more. I was kind of confused. Um, so that's right. So the parts I liked was even though it was a lower level squad, United still kept the pressure up and they didn't let UDA get into the match. Yeah. And and take a couple, a couple of blurbs where they had their opportunity, but for the most part, United was on top of them. um, And they were just all over them, kept possession of the ball. And it was pretty nice to watch that. And actually, instead of keep possession and keep it in your defensive half, Mm -hmm. They kept possession, but were looking to attack and actually score goals. Right. There was one time I saw where we had the ball in the attacking third, and they started playing it back, playing it back, playing it back, but somehow the ball wound up right back in the attack. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice to see the ball not linger around and be hot potato back off the back line. Yeah, it was it was very refreshing to see. It's hard to tell. I mean, with with this lower league team and. Um, you know, just, just the way it's kind of portrayed there. There's a lot of younger players in there, a lot of guys that haven't gotten a lot of minutes. Uh, so they were obviously uh, pressing a little bit more and, and in more, a little more energetic because they're trying to prove a point. And it was hard to differentiate, you know, what was the players with an attacking, having an, a mindset of let's go get some, versus how much of it was because of the level of the opponent that we were playing. But it was nice to see that mindset of let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Even after, you know, getting the first, getting the second, and then the third and the fourth. I mean, we pressed and won more balls in our half in the second half with a lead than we did in the first half. And so to see that was really nice. And I, I can't help but think maybe I'm wrong because of the 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 level of the opponent, but it feels like we could have done that more in our USL matches and tried to be on the front foot and attacking more. And and Zach has talked about patience at times with the ball in the in preseason and in in the media day and stuff, but it definitely seemed like we were way more aggressive. And I tell you what, if Bruce doesn't start Saturday, I'm going to be pissed because he was everywhere and doing everything. We saw him get the assist on the first goal. We saw him earn the penalty on one of Dol- on Doling's PK. We saw him score a banger. We saw him pick the pocket of several midfielders. We should have had that last goal too, but they called him offside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he made a good run there. I thought it was tight, but I I thought, I mean, even, even if he was a little offside, it's still a really good run. He finished it because I I don't know if they had blown the whistle yet or not when, when he actually took the shot. So definitely a man of the match type performance for me. And that's with Doling having a 
a hat trick. And to me, Brucey is still the one that stood out. Although Doling had some fantastic plays. He had his, I think it was his last goal. He made a fantastic diagonal run and a beautiful ball from Andres Robles, um, who we haven't seen much as the Academy contract product that has been with the Academy for years, plays midfield. Um, he had a, a beautiful through ball to him. Doling's able to muscle his guy, win the ball, and then nutmeg the keeper for the goal. In, in a beautiful, beautiful sequence there. And if I remember correctly, that came off of some really good defensive work in our half that won the ball back to us. And then, you know, I, I don't remember who exactly it was that won the ball, but somebody won the ball, got it to Andres, and then Andres passed ahead, up ahead to Josh. Zali. Zali, I think. Maybe, yeah. And so just really good, just bam, like to that transition from defense to attack. And then I thought our our transition from attack to defense was really good because instead of turning the ball over and then turning and running toward goal, we tried to step up and win the ball back right away. And, and we were able to do that a ton, especially in the second half. And so watching that led me to believe that, you know, we could have been doing that a little more in these two USL games. And I'm hoping that we see more of it against Monterey Bay coming up. So something else that I liked, um, and not to cut you off, something no, I, else I liked was the fact that we also saw someone else take a penalty kick that wasn't named Justin Portillo. Yeah, I think that was because Justin was already off at the time. But well, it just shows that he doesn't have to be a penalty taker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get he he scores penalties. That's that's cool. Um, but the fact that we actually have the opportunity to score penalties without Justin on the pitch. That's nice. Um, the thing I didn't like, and it was actually called out to me, was the fact that we played on a football field. Um, and you mentioned it a while ago. Um, yeah, the football field was rough. I got yeah. Seth on the line here. Seth's going to listen to you finish, and then he might have some insight, I think. I'm assuming, Seth, that you talked to some people after the match. So Earl is in the middle of talking about good things and bad things, and his bad thing was that it was on a football field. Well, would you rather go on the baseball field at Rio Rancho High School, Earl? No, there's plenty of other opportunities in Albuquerque. I mean, there's a million well, dollars. Well, there, are some, there are some things. Hang on a minute, motherfucker. But, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Earl. Go ahead, finish your rant. <laughs> so the fact, and so just going off of what Seth just said, would I rather have it at Rio Rancho baseball field? No, I wouldn't. But there is a million-dollar stadium. If you're going to have it in the middle of nowhere in Rio Rancho already as it is, why not have it at the Nusenda Stadium same distance away, easier to get to? I don't know if, if Seth can even hear us or hear you. We- I hope he can't. No, I can't hear at all. Okay. Uh, he can't hear you at all. <laughs> um, basically, yeah. It probably could have tried to find, or I'm sure that he, the club tried to find uh, some other venues to use, but I actually, I really, I don't know I was torn. I enjoyed watching it. I thought the camera was at a much better angle. I thought everything except for the additional lines was actually a better watch than watching it, watching them play at the lab, honestly, on TV as far anyways. Um, but 
at the same time, I just I, I couldn't couldn't get past the lines. Even Allie was watching it with me, and the few minutes that she actually like the first time she looked up and was like, "What is going on?" Because especially with the touchline being so far outside of the out of bounds lines for the football field, it just threw things off. So the part that I, threw me off was the distance on the penalty kick. Yeah, because it was right there at the edge of the the end zone. Yeah, like it seemed more than 12 yards, that's for sure. Um, but it, that's one of the things that threw me off. Um, yeah, it was very questionable from my position in the press box. Could not see it at all. Yeah, he was um, he was talking about the PK spot, but the the six yard box was oh, also okay. was also questionable because you could not see that line to save my life. Although that line doesn't do a whole lot other than tell you that hey, it's six yards out. It's not like inside of there is a special zone necessarily, but it was still tricky. Yeah, it was, um, and really, you talked about you know the club looking around at other options. Um, I mean, obviously they did. You know, UNM was out tonight because of the ice stokes being in town, um, and really. The only other option that brought that got brought up was potentially going down to NMSU, and had the club known beforehand that they would be playing, or you know, earlier than you know a week and a half ago, basically that they were going to be playing uh, UDA, uh, Las Cruces would have been a viable option. Um, but yeah, they settled up here at Rio Rancho. That's actually a really great facility. Um, aside from the lines, obviously we're going to have that. We saw that within the eleven. And then playing at Lucas Oil Stadium, but yeah, aside from that, aside from that, not being able to, being able to see a couple of the lines, seemed to do pretty well. So, yeah, I I actually thought I liked a lot of it, other than the lines. Like I said, uh, real quick, Seth, uh, who did you talk to after the match, and and what was the vibe like there after afterwards? Uh, so we talked to a number of different people. Uh, the official press here, we talked to Josh Dolling and uh, head coach Zach Prince. Uh, also spoke to Lucas Cash and David Carl for a little bit afterwards as well about some different things. Um, but I mean, the general vibe talking to Zach and Josh was that the, the guys felt really good tonight. It was good to be out there. Uh, aside from the cold, obviously, good to get the young guys a lot of minutes. And uh, they really feel, you know, it was a good way to bounce back after the loss at Oakland on Saturday. Did Zach have anything to say about... Um, you know, having more of an attacking mindset because it, 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 we definitely was it was it just the opponent or is that something that we can maybe expect looking forward to Monterey Bay because we definitely were on the front foot way more often in this match and I couldn't tell if if we were just able to get on the front foot more because we were playing a lesser opponent or if it was more of a mindset thing and to me it seemed like more of a mindset and we just seemed a lot more aggressive but was that brought yeah. up at all? Um, so, I mean, I'll be honest with you, none of us that were out there media-wise felt like we wanted to keep Zach for very long, uh, given the weather. I mean, it, the wind chill right now, it, is, it does feel about 22 degrees. Right. Um, so just a few basic questions, your know, thoughts on the night, thoughts about getting the academy guy or getting the younger guys a lot of minutes. And so, um, I mean, this is really what Zach wants to do. This is what the, this is what our offense should look like. And... I think some of what we saw tonight was the fact that our guys, especially our younger guys, completely outclassed UDA mm-hmm. in terms of talent and the ability to convert on the ball. Uh, we saw Brucey early on try to keep the ball really low instead of fighting against the wind, and that worked out really well. We saw guys get into some good spots. Hurst and 
you know, Santi had some opportunities early on. Uh, well, it's not Santi, but her, you know, her, Santi had some opportunities later. Hurst had some opportunities early, uh, but the balls just weren't quite there. Like he just like missed time to run, or you know, didn't run when he, should, when he probably should have. But yeah, everything flowed a lot better. This is really what we should be seeing week in and week out. Um, and I think I think having the young guys in there and really just going at it was it was a huge boost for them and so talking to josh afterwards like he felt like this was gonna be this is really beneficial for them yeah i hope we can can look at uh look ahead to monterey bay and they can carry this when we talked about me and seth talked about it last week after or on saturday after in the initial reactions to the oakland match that you know it was nice that we had this match coming up and if we could come out and do exactly what we did and kind of lay it on these guys um that maybe we could um, carry that to Monterey Bay. And especially if we were able to score several goals, which we did, and we scored in a, several different ways. Um, Earl, what was your favorite goal? Did you have a, a favorite goal there? Uh, or anybody else besides Brucey that really impressed you individually? I mean, Josh Doling impressed me a lot. He... Okay, thanks for calling, Seth. We'll right. talk to you later. Yep. Uh, you and yes, Earl have to talk about WrestleMania later. We will. Okay, thanks, Seth. Right, be bye. safe. So, yeah, like I was saying, I think Josh Dulling was my was my most imp- I was most impressed by. I mean, he him having a hat trick. Um, I don't know if it was ever confirmed if it was the first ever hat trick in, in open cup history for United. Um, I want to say it is. I off the top of my head, I would say for sure. Yeah, and just his willingness and eagerness to attack. Mm. He was always looking for the ball to be at his foot. He was always looking to take the shot and it was impressive to watch that. I think the second person that I would say was impressive was Sergio. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was controlling that midfield like we haven't seen in quite a while, especially on a frigid freaking night um, and him coming off from a recent injury. So just watching him take control of the midfield and just do his thing, it was nice to watch that as well. Yeah, and I mean, we we saw uh, two new center backs back there. We saw Timothy Zali and Kyle Colonna, uh, both of which are brand new to the team, uh, haven't gotten any runs since preseason, but they both looked impressive in the uh, few uh, few things that they had to do. There there wasn't a lot for them to do back there, but the few times that they had to do stuff, I felt like they performed really well. Kyle had a nasty. Nasty little turn uh, late in the second half where a ball was coming to his feet and a defender was running right at him and it was kind of tight space. And I don't even know how he got out of it. Honestly, I don't know what exactly he did. I just know that it was gross and impressed the heck out of me. Uh, Timothy was all over the place. Uh, They both, what I liked about them was they, you know, they held their line. But when the moment was right, they didn't just sit there and let the play come to them. They took it and went to the ball, ran up, played defense on their terms, not on the offensive players' terms. And 
a lot of the times they won the ball right then and there and were able to, you know, start the break from there, start the attack from there. And, and so I was really impressed with what I saw from them. I thought um, the, the player that was just signed yet or announced yesterday that we kind of talked about after the black and yellow bash Milo um, looked really good playing as uh, what would that be? The right back. I believe it was Suggs looked like he was invigorated at times. Uh, that midfield you had, um, <coughs> uh, Vipar. Yeah. Vipar. Yeah. I, that, that name will forever throw me off, uh, because it is not pronounced at all. like it's spelled. And I apologize. Cause I know I will butcher that name multiple times. Uh, not only tonight, but this year, this year in general, uh, he looked really good in the midfield, uh, next to Justin. I, I really, I mean, just all in all, a wildly impressive performance. Like I said, I know it was against a, an inferior squad, but you just you have to be impressed with how these these younger, hungrier players came in and played. And, and I hope that you know Santi and Weehan and Sam and Ryden and Seymour and Yearwood and all these guys that we know are super talented saw this and got energized from it. And assuming they're the ones that make this start uh, in in Monterey Bay coming up on Saturday that they they're able to feed off of it and continue that forward motion on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it was a really good way for United to bounce back from the the loss on Saturday. I mean, it was a tough it was a tough match to watch. It was a tough tough match to play, I guess, too. I mean, yeah. going down 1-0 70 something minute. I mean, um so yeah, so them coming back and putting six on a lower level squad um definitely has to give them some kind of confidence going into the weekend. I mean, yeah, I know it's a long time from now until Saturday, but definitely can ride that kind of that gravy train all the way into it and just enjoy what they had tonight and just work off what they the chemistry that they built today because obviously they built something with putting up six. Mm. I was I was trying to look and see. Um, last year we talked to I talked about it last year, and we we hosted Las Vegas Legends. Uh, we kind of took it to them, um, similar to what we did tonight. Uh, I think we won that one five one, and I do feel like I'm trying to find out for sure, but I feel like that led to a decent run of form for us in league play as well. So Earl, if you want to chat about something else you saw tonight, while I look this up, that'd be fantastic. And just touching on that, I want to say you're correct. I do believe when we played the legends and we beat them, what was it? Five nil. Yeah. I think that we went on like a three or four game win streak that we didn't, we didn't lose. We are both completely wrong. (laughs) We played Las Vegas Legends on April 5th and won 5 nothing. Then we played Phoenix 11 days later and lost. Then we played Phoenix four days after that and lost. Then we played San Antonio three days after that and lost. Then we played Sacramento a couple weeks after that and drew. And then we drew against San, San Diego about a month. We finally won our next game a month after that <laughs> Las Vegas Legends match. Um, uh, over a month after that, uh, we finally beat uh, Charleston 2 nothing. 
I think what I was thinking of was the Phoenix Rising match that we won 7 0 uh, because it was also a weird game. It was also a game that we laid it on them. Uh, and that did kick off a one, two, three, four game winning streak there. But, anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, or that was actually in the middle of a five game winning streak there when we did that. So take everything me and Earl just said and throw it out the window because we were completely wrong. Um, and this is why Seth is the host. Well, no, he would he would have looked it up for me. Uh, is why he he would have what <coughs> is what he would have done. But um, I don't know, I don't have a whole lot more to say other than I like the mindset of attacking. Um, the goals were all uh, very nicely orchestrated and and very well executed. Probably could have even been worse. Uh, at times. And, and other than that, I don't have a whole lot to say left about this match uh, other than it made me feel pretty good. And um, I'm excited for hopefully being able to carry that on to Monterey Bay. Uh, do you have anything else on this match, Earl? Nope. All right. So you, you kind of briefly touched about the Oakland match. Um, I, I've I've thought about it a little bit more. I know you, you said you don't really remember that far back, and I don't blame you. Um and you you briefly touched on uh, touched on it uh, as far as what you thought about it a little bit. Um, I've gone back and I haven't really rewatched any of it, but I've just thought about it a little bit more. And I think it's even worse than what I originally thought. Um, I, I I said on the instant reactions that that game flow on Twitter would have us at about a point four uh, goals expected or xG, and they would have them at like a point seven or one or one point seven is what I think I said. I was a little off. It was a it was a point three nine instead of a point four for us, uh, and theirs was a little lower than I uh, than I called. But it definitely was a one sided affair. We definitely didn't create hardly anything, and um, I, I really hope that was just a blip and kind of an anomaly. And that these first two matches against Miami that we were able to salvage three points out of, so we're not like completely uh, dead right now. I mean, we're still hanging in there. We still got, we still at least have a win. Um, and we've only played two matches. When you look at like El Paso, who has one win in, I don't know, five matches, I think it is. Yeah, um, I think we're at five now. So it definitely, definitely could have been better. So yeah, Oakland or <clears throat> we're sitting in 11th place right now on three points, but we're only a point out of sixth place, which is Monterey Bay. So we have a chance to, to jump them for sure. Uh, Oakland has played five and only won one. Monterey Bay's only won one. Rio Grande Valley only has one. They're sitting on six points because they have three draws. But um, we're definitely not out of it. I mean, like I said, we only have two matches played. Everybody else above us has at least three. Most of them have four, and El Paso has five. So it's not doomsday scenario for us quite yet. And Uh, really, the reason why I'm not... Yeah. The reason why I'm not really stressing about this loss this past Saturday. Because you look at what's happening around the league. Where you have the club that's been pretty much the surefire guaranteed lock to win it all in Louisville. Who have now lost two in a row. Mm-hmm. To El Paso and to, I don't remember who the hell it was, but they lost 5-0. Uh, Sacramento. Sacramento. And they lost 5-0. And they're not panicking. <clears throat> so for us to lose 
on a pretty decent play where you draw your you draw the opposing keeper to where the ball's at on this side and then you flick it backwards to the open guy. I mean, that's a nice play. Mm-hmm. I give that to them. Was I mad about it? Actually, I wasn't because I actually said, oh, that was a nice play. It, it wasn't so much the defensive work or the 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 goal that was upsetting. It was just the complete lack of offense. The lack of response is yeah. what got me. Yeah, and, and we've seen that several times from United uh, in the past where it's just some nights they just don't seem to have that fire. And, and it's just, that is what's really, really disheartening to me at times. And so seeing this performance tonight coming off of that, it's like, okay, you have the ability to have that fire. So let's take that and translate it into results in the USL. Yeah, and it's it's exactly that. You can't you can't have an off game immediately after having a really good game. I mean, you can't have that kind of hangover. You have to be able to yeah celebrate the win that was tonight, but get back on get back to training and focus on what's next. I mean. Right. All last season, in every pressure that we sat in, it was we're not looking ahead, we're looking at what's now, and that's exactly what you have to do if you want to win the whole damn thing and you want to win and bring it, bring the cup home to New Mexico. You have to stick to what you've been doing for two years now of focus on the now, don't worry about later, Hmm. focus on this next game, which is Oakland. So don't worry about three weeks now when you play Phoenix or two weeks away when you play whoever the fuck you play. Um, worry about now and getting back in the win column before you stress about what's happening later on and start losing points along that line. Hmm. Speaking of the now, so so we mentioned United's win in the Open Cup. There were several other Open Cup matches going on tonight that involved USL teams, um, and all of them won. Uh, Hartford won, Memphis won, Miami won, Tampa Bay Rowdies won, Detroit City won, Charleston won, and San Antonio won. The San Antonio one was in extra time that they won off of a penalty in the 98th minute. So they, of all the USL teams, struggled the most, but everybody else was... Uh, a two-goal win aside from Memphis, who won by a goal, and Detroit City that won by a goal. And, of course, you had us winning by six. Um, most of those other teams played a little bit better quality opponent uh, just by as far as, like, league and division they're in. Um, but overall, a good a good week for – or a good day for USL teams in the Open Cup. Uh, Oakland is also winning 3 nothing in the 75th minute as we speak. Uh, so it looks like we're going to get a clean sweep of USL teams advancing in the Open Cup today. Um, we do have a regular season match, a USL championship regular season match coming up on Saturday, though, against a team, like I mentioned, that's a little bit ahead of us in the standings. How are you feeling about that one? Um, are you thinking we're going to come away with three points, or uh, are you still a little apprehensive about the 
first two offensive performances we've had this year? You never know. So, and that's part of the reason why I love soccer so much because you just never know. So, I mean, I feel good about it because I'm obviously we're obviously coming off of a high of winning six nil. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. But then, if so, if you not if United can. Hold on a second. Okay. So I'll hop in there real quick with um, with Monterey Bay. We're coming in. I, I said they were ahead of us by just a point. They're currently sitting in sixth place. They've played four matches. Um, they have beaten – they beat Hartford Athletic in the opening match of the season, 5-3. to three. Since then, they have lost to Lou City, one nothing. Drew with RGV at RGV, which is a, a pretty good result. And then held tight with San Antonio, but ended up giving up a late goal to lose to San Antonio at home. Uh, this will be their fourth home game of the season already. Um, coming up on Saturday, where they have have looked fairly tough. The The results don't necessarily show that. They have two losses and a win. Um, but those two losses were both tough games for their opponents. Uh, and I hope that that we can you know find a way that it might be tough, but hopefully we can find a way to get get a couple balls across the goal line, get a couple goals in and stifle Monterey Bay. Uh, did you happen to see Monterey Bay's uh, new kits from this last weekend? No, I did not. I wanted to say I did, but I didn't. Okay. And you can you continue talking about what you thought or what you're thinking about this weekend. And I will send you that picture real quick. Okay. So, my my thought about this weekend is if United can get past today, but keep today in their back pocket, knowing that they can play this well, I think we'll be fine. Like, yeah, I know we played a lower level team, and I'm sure all over Reddit people are saying that too. We could beat a lower level team, but we can't beat a regular team. That's cool. Good job. I'm glad you guys know the obvious and what we should be doing um, versus what we are doing. So, like I'm saying, though, if we can put today behind us in our back pocket and build off of what we did today, we should be fine. But if we dwell on today and what the small mistakes that we made this and let and that and letting them almost take the ball from Kelowna. Um, then yeah, then we'll probably struggle on Saturday. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't think we'll struggle necessarily. Uh, I think it, I mean, with the first two matches they're they're not the best results and they haven't been the best process either. So I'm thinking we really can only go up from here. So I have to be thinking that coming off of this win, um, kind of desperate to to get back into some kind of of offensive rhythm, we've got to come out firing. And honestly, I would rather lose two nil, but we had chances galore than win one nil uh, without any chances. So uh, I'm hoping we can see something um, on the offensive side of the ball. And I think we will. Did you take a look at those kits? 
or that that logo at least. Yeah, and I'm actually wondering why you're wearing why you're wearing the Monterey Bay jersey right now. <laughs> right, that's kind of what it looks like. Uh, no, this is this says almost where it's definitely ours. Don't worry. But um, is that the sweater? Yes. I'll stand up and get a better look at it here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, we went to the black and yellow bash, and as we were walking in, uh, this couple was walking in wearing these, and I was like, "Ooh, those look nice." And so then we got in line to the merch to buy the kit, the new kit. Uh, they had these up there, and and uh, if if you get me in front of a wall that has a bunch of United gear, I the budgets out the window, uh, responsibilities out the window. Uh, rent out the window. It's just, I, I should never get in those lines. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take that Jersey. Yeah. I'll take that Jersey. Yeah. I'll take that hoodie. Yeah. I'll take that hat. And so we walked out of there $300 later uh, um, with, with this and a, and a kit and a hat. And then I bought my buddy a kit. Um, but it's nice, man. It's, it looks, I think it looks real sharp. Um, and how does Allie feel about she, this? She was the one that wanted the jersey. this, She's the one that said this. She said, give me that. And I said, okay. So she was right there with me the whole time. Okay. And I even, I even like was like, okay, we're going to get a jersey, right? After they announced it. And she was like, yeah, we can get one. And I said, okay. And then we got up there and we were looking. And she's like, I really like that hoodie. And I really like that hoodie. And I was like, well, we can get one if you want. And she's like, yeah, give me one of those ones. And I was like, okay. And then I asked for a hat on top of that. But uh, in fact... Not 100% sure where my hat is. I need to rock it cuz it's I like it a lot. It's the it's got the four the four stripes like the yeah, who has but they're turquoise. Um and it's really nice. Um but anyways, I digress. <laughs> um a lot. Yeah. Monterey Bay, I I think we're going to do good. What is your prediction for Monterey Bay? I'm going to say 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one us, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, 2-1 us. I think that's a good scoreline. I think uh, I, I think I'll go two nil us. Um, not sold on Monterey Bay's offense. Uh, and I think our defense, uh, aside from transition, which I don't think Monterey Bay. I could be wrong here, but I feel like Monterey Bay is not the transition-based team that Oakland is, or has the players that can do what Oakland does. And so, uh, I feel like uh, I think we can keep the clean sheet. I'll go two nil. Uh, looking in the Western Conference, uh, just a little bit here. You know, I mentioned we were um, we were sitting in tenth, which uh, I think it's tenth, um, which is obviously second to last. Um, no, sorry, we're in eleventh, uh, which is second to last. The only team below us is who, Earl? Smell Paso. No. Oh, our other uh, main. Uh, enemy there phoenix rising um phoenix rising has two draws and a loss they are sitting behind us uh right above us orange county and las vegas lights both of which do not have a win they have las vegas lights just has three draws that's that's what they have they've drawn against rgv orange county and indy 11 uh orange county has a loss and three draws uh and then oakland is is right above us with four points to our three um with a win and a draw and a loss El Paso has three losses, a win and a draw, and right above them. Uh, Monterey Bay is right above that uh, with a win, two losses and a draw. 
And then RGV has six. Colorado Springs and Loyal both have seven. And then San Antonio and Sacramento both have 10. Uh, so theoretically, with the games in hand that we have, if we were able to win both of them, that would put us at nine points. That would put us in third place. Um, but obviously, that's a, a, a Candyland type world. We're not necessarily living in that. So the, just the possibility of that, though, is exciting because we're we feel a little bit down. We feel a little bit out after that Oakland match. But in the reality, I mean, nobody's super running away with it. Um, Sacramento See, and, and San Diego both haven't lost, but they're still within striking distance. I'm I'm not even worried about the standings. I mean, yeah, standings are important because obviously you have to be within eighth place to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have to be fourth place to get a home playoff match, first place to have home field advantage, and the first round bye. Whatever. Yeah, there's, there's no bye this year. No bye this year. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, regardless, United has only played two matches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three matches with the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm in no no room to stress because where other teams have played their four or five matches and they're sitting on six points, we've played two matches and we're sitting on three. Right, and that's that. That is huge for us. I think in my head. It feels more urgent just because, yes, you have these games in hand, but the games in hand mean nothing if you don't capitalize on some of right. them. And so I'm I'm hoping that we can come out against Monterey Bay, you know, lay it to them, like I said, 2-0, and we can show that, hey, I know we've only had two matches before this, but we're we're in this. We're not giving up. Obviously, it's only after two matches. We're here. We're going to compete. We're going to try and and hopefully get that home playoff match at the very least. And, um, you know, the la- the first two weeks were just us kind of finding a rhythm. And I'm hoping that Monterey Bay can be that, that first step in riding the ship and can start something big for us. After uh, Monterey Bay, we have our home opener um, April 15th uh, against San Diego Loyal. Then we go up to our little brothers up I-25 a little ways at Colorado Springs. Then we come back here for Orange County. Those are three games that, you know, we kind of have talked about the West. And the West is going to be like it was last year. It's it's kind of going to be a bloodbath. There's not really a basement. I mean, we all kind of thought lights were going to be that. And they've looked competent. We all thought El Paso was going to be that. And even though they lost their first three matches, they have looked competent even in those three losses. Uh, so there's not going to be like a, um, a loud in of last year that everybody just beats up on. And remember, we got rid of all the two teams. So it's it's not like we're going to be able to go up against like a Red Bulls tool at times and, and get an easy win. And so it's going to be tough all year. But it starts off, you know, we've got two home matches, two away matches, all against Western Conference opponents, all of which are currently above us in the table, Orange County, but barely. Um, San Diego, you know, is is looked at as one of the top four teams. I think we all had them in our top two or three, uh, maybe four, when um, we did our preseason predictions pod with Harry. And so that's going to be a tough match, obviously, but it'll be the home opener. Hopefully we can turn our... our uh, home woes from last year into a positive and, and continue to, you know, hopefully start something there where we can 
make this year a year that, you know, we dominate at the lab because I think that's going to go a long ways in getting us that home playoff match. I don't think we can get a home playoff match if we don't perform above par at home like we haven't, like we didn't do last year. And so this is a very key stretch, even though it's early in the season. It's four opponents that are all going to be fighting for spots in the Western Conference. We got two of them at home. We really need to come out and find our footing here soon. But it is nice because we do play every Saturday um, this month. And so we can finally maybe get in a groove and find that rhythm and really take it to some of these teams, especially the home matches. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say off of that. I mean, yeah, this first stretch of the game, the first stretch of the season is really important. But like I've said, I'm not too stressed about it because we've only played two matches. Right. And you're right. I mean, it. it I'm not worried when I look at the table right now. But it, I do feel like there's a pressure on me on, on the team to come out and capitalize on these game matches in hand and, and move up the table while we have these matches in hand. And so I'm not sitting here thinking the sky is falling, thinking we should fire the coach, thinking we uh, need to get a whole new roster in here or whatever. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, Monterey Bay needs to at least be a strong performance. If we don't get the result we want, that's I'm, I'm almost okay with that. As long as we get out, we get on the front foot, we show that we're trying to attack and we and we get after things. Uh, if some bad bounces don't or some bounces don't go our way and we end up losing or drawing, as long as we showed that we can create some offense, create some chances, and are finding a rhythm offensively, especially, then I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I mean I was gonna I was gonna get fired up a little bit and rile up some of the fan base, but I decided not to. Good, good, good. Yeah. So it hasn't quite been a minute, but it is just the two of us. You know, Seth was able to call in for a few minutes there. And uh, we'll have obviously more from Seth uh, next Tuesday. Um, I I do believe we will be going live after the match against Monterey Bay uh, Saturday night. Earl, I hope you can join us if you haven't had a crazy, too crazy of a weekend. Um, and, and when we do that, we will obviously be able to chat with Seth about a little bit more about tonight if we need to and and kind of go from there. Um, Earl, you have any parting wisdom for us as we get out of here? So, yeah, so the, the only parting wisdom that I have is, well, I have two parting wisdoms. Number one, in three weeks from today, I probably will not be on. Okay. Um, that's just almost a guarantee that I will not be on. Okay. Um, it's my birthday that night, so I'm taking, <laughs> probably taking that night off. Um, cause I don't need you and Seth singing me happy you birthday. Don't, you don't want to spend your birthday with your best friends? I'd much rather spend my birthday with my girlfriend. That hurts. I thought we were cool. Well, we are cool, dude. We are I've cool. Known you, known you for five years, four years, four and a half years. And this is what you do. This is this no, 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 no. Trust me. Her over if, you, birthday. if my birthday was on a Wednesday, I would be here. But my birthday's on Tuesday. So I'm sure she'll probably want to do something that night. She'll probably make me dinner or something. I don't know. Regardless, after your birthday, you'll finally actually like be 18, so you can actually do stuff with your girlfriend right now. I can actually stay up late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and my last parting wisdom is so this morning, 
so as you can tell, I'm in this new little little house, humble abode over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of time to think in the mornings because it's not as like chaotic trying to get ready for work. Right. Uh, I live 20 minutes from my office now. So it's not as bad. So I wake up early. I don't really do anything. And then there's a lot of thoughts that go in my mind. Um, so this morning, I was thinking, I wonder if when if serial killers, when they watch documentaries about themselves, if they get better ideas. <laughs> okay. I was I had I had the my the cursor over the mute button just because I didn't know where you were going with that. Uh, that is actually a fascinating thought, and we will dissect that on next week's episode. Actually, I think we might dissect that in three weeks. Um, if you could be here uh, when we dissect that in three weeks, that would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where to go with that, Earl. I don't, I, I don't know if you had a, a punchline there, or if that was legitimately just a shower thought that you had and wanted to share it. No, uh, that's legitimately one of the random shower thoughts that I had in my mind. Okay. The answer is probably. Uh, so the, the other shower thought that I had yesterday. I don't like where this is going. Um, cigarette companies kill their current customers. But condom companies kill their future customers. <laughs> okay. With that, guys. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. Um, I thought this went really well, Earl. Thank you for, um, oh, you actually have another fan. I have one more fan. That makes me Random thoughts with Earl. Uh, so somebody, somebody else liked it. I liked the first one. The first one was good. The, the, the cigarette one, I've, I felt like you were reading from a cue card, uh, the way you were staring off screen there for a little while. Well, no, I was looking at my window. I was looking at my window. Oh, okay. Um, contemplating life. Gotcha. Yeah, so so Jane, just so you know, that's probably gonna be a new segment of this whole little podcast. Thing. Yeah, I like that. I like that better than the Earl. dumb dad jokes. Yeah, so it'll probably be like shower thoughts with Earl. Um, not shower thought, not shower with Earl, but shower thoughts with Earl. <laughs> um, Jacob, I'm losing control. Look, yeah, exactly. All right, I'm gonna get us out of here. Uh, thank you guys for for listening and watching. Um. I'm assuming Seth will have this uh, up on the pod in the next couple of days. We will, like I said, be back uh, late. It'll be another late one. It'll be 1030 that we hop on on Saturday with instant reactions to the Monterey Bay 2-0 win, um, putting that into the universe right now. Uh, like I said, Earl, hopefully you can join us. Um, if not, we understand. Uh, who knows? Maybe I won't be there. I don't know. I don't know what this weekend's going to bring. Um, but we will be. somebody will be live, I'm hoping. Uh, after that and then of course we'll be back here next tuesday uh with our normal scheduled programming uh with all three of us here to break down that monterey bay in a little bit more detail then we've got of course san diego uh coming up after that at our for our home opener we'll be breaking that down previewing that a little bit and uh yeah i just feels good to come off this six nothing win uh congrats to sosa and dolling for getting their uh opening goals with United as far as in non preseason games. I know, I know Doling scored in, in some, some preseason matches, but to get a, get a hat trick in this one is, is really awesome. Brucey was all over the place. We love to see that. Hopefully he gets a start uh, coming up against Monterey Bay, because I feel like he's the only one sometimes that really brings that crazy energy. 
And so, um, yeah, we will look forward to Monterey Bay. And until Saturday night, somos unidos, guys. Oh, yeah, I have to end the broadcast because that's not here. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.